Welcome to the Sharing Life Ministries Sermon of the Week. We hope that you are blessed by this message. So, Father, we just thank you for this morning. God, you're so good to us, Lord, so incredibly good. God, your riches are, are never-ending. Your, your kindness towards us, Lord, your faithfulness, God, it's new every morning. Your word teaches, and God, sometimes in the middle of the afternoon, it's new as well. And we get to recognize it, Lord. And I thank you for the fellowship of the brethren in the house today, Lord. I just sense in the earth, with all the things taking place, that people have forgot the command and the importance of the fellowship of the brethren. So, Lord, I pray today as we fellowship among one another, as we come together to worship you, to, to, to focus ourselves and realign ourselves upon you, God, that there'll be that sweet sense in the craving that comes up inside of us for the fellowship of the brethren, for that, that need for one another. You know, the one another's are so uh, full in the Bible. There's so many pray for one another, encourage one another, carry one another's burdens, lift each other up. There's so much of the one another of the fellowship of the brethren that we're commanded to, that we're privileged to have. And I just sense in the earth today, people have forgotten that it's one, commanded, that it's two, it's good for us. And three, that we truly need it. We truly need it, God. So Lord, as we, as we enjoy it from this house today, I pray that it'll go forth, the spirit of, of obedience to the fellowship of the brethren will go forth from this house today and reawaken those who have forgotten the necessity of fellowshipping in the house of the Lord, of coming together as one. So let that spirit be released from this house and every house of worship this morning, all over this region, all over this nation, Lord. And that spirit go forth, reawakening people and waking them up perhaps for the first time to the necessity of the fellowship of the brethren and the sweetness therein. My God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for these testimonies, Lord, and I thank you that they've come to release them to bring glory to your name, Jesus. Yours is the name that's above every other name. Yours is the name that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess as Lord because you indeed are Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And we honor you with this time and this fellowship today in your powerful name. And everybody said amen. amen. So let me see. I'm going to ask beautiful little Lisa Beeman if she would come forth and share her testimony. Oh my God. 
it was funny because I started reading um, the book of Ethic. It's only three chapters. So even though I wasn't really sitting down or putting an audio play it throughout the week, just over and over again. And it starts off in chapter one, just the same as me, the same. two, he then starts remembering and he knows that the, God says the righteous will live by faith and revolution, revelation will certainly come and will not delay. So he reminds, he reminds Habakkuk that it's not going to delay. It will come and that you are just to remain faithful. Um, Habakkuk's basically, he's encouraging us to trust God even when we don't understand what's going on. And I, I will be honest that sometimes that's really hard when you're going through tooth pain and you've had three antibiotics and it's not curing your tooth pain and the doctor says, just take one more antibiotic. I'm thinking, why, Lord, why? So it's, it's hard. Even when you know you need to trust him, sometimes it's hard to do that. So um, it wasn't until I got into Habakkuk 3 that, like, really, really changed things for me. Um, so Habakkuk has this prayer to God. He has this lament, and he, he reminds himself what God has done in his past what he has known God to do. And he says, you came out to deliver your people. So he's reminding, okay, why, Lord, why is all of this happening? And then he's reminded, well, you have done this, and I, you, I know you have done this, so I know you will deliver me just the same. Um, he says, I will wait patiently for the day of calamity. I'm thinking, what? You're going to wait for calamity? But he's sort of already there. He's, they say there's no olives on the trees. There's no um, figs. There's no sheep. There's no goat. So even though here is a decent, faithful servant of God, he is in the midst of struggle. He is going through famine. It's not something he caused, but he's still dealing with it. He's still saying, why? Why do I have to deal with this? Um, so chapter 18, or not chapter 18, but um, chapter 3, verse 18, he says, I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will be joyful in God my Savior. Um, it's easy to become overwhelmed. It's easy to become discouraged. But Habakkuk, just like us, is living in these trying times, but his solution was to redirect his attention towards God. I've been wanting to do that, and I've been trying to do that. It's hard. So then it gets into this is my verse that, like, got me. Um, 19. He says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. He enables me to tread on heights. So I did a Google search on deers. I didn't even like deers. I always feel like they're just in the way. You always have to dodge them. One broke my mirror here recently. But when I, I have a new 
understanding for these creatures here. It says a female deer is called a hide, which basically, now this is cool. So there's, they have four legs, but the back legs step directly into the same spot as the front legs. So as the front legs move forward, the back legs go right into that same footing. So basically, they're a four-legged creature, creature, I don't know, but they're operating on two legs. They have four, but they use two legs. And God is saying that he gives us the feet of a deer. So what's the significance of having four legs but only two? That it says, okay, so a deer is agile, so they're real quick to change spots. They're, they can pivot. They can make sharp turns. And this is the word I love. They're sure-footed. Oh, I want to be sure-footed. I want to be solid in my steps. And the thing is, is that God, he equips us with what we need to get through hard passes or hard patches. So to me, I, this is my wake-up call. This is when I realized I can rejoice, just like it says in verse 18, I can rejoice in the Lord and be joyful because I can trumpet and I can have triumph in whatever I face because of the Lord and not just, oh, I have faith, but he doesn't just let you be in a hard place and just sit there. He gives you what you need to get through that hard time. So as for my mouth, yeah. It stinks. I want to clear it up today. But he gives me the medicine that I need, and I have faith that I will, I will overcome this. I will get past this. And so I guess deliverance, I thought it would set me free, and I would be spiritually happy and just la. But that isn't the case. It did set me free. It set me free from feeling like I have to carry all of this heavy load on my own. It set me free from realizing I don't have to fix my relationship with my boyfriend. I don't have to do that. So he gave me freedom to know that whatever I have to go through, he's going to give me what I need. And so I'm sure-footed, dear. I love it. I have a new found I just love deer now so so I will rejoice in the Lord and I will be joyful in my God my Savior good job we Lord we just thank you for the work that you're doing in Lisa's life we thank you for how you strengthen her and Lord that you have done this work in her by leading her into your word, that she would find the answers to the whys in your word. And Lord, that's what it's there for. And we just thank you for, that's an inspiration and reminder to each one of us. And so Lord, um, as you've given her this picture as to how to be sure-footed in her life, showing her that previously she was unstable in some ways because she wasn't walking as the deer walks. Lord, I pray that you would also bring freedom from all the trials, all the difficulties. Give her relief from them, especially from this tooth that's abscessed. Heal it, Lord. Heal it. Let that infection go now in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for her daughter, that her uh, her health would be um, 
come back in her feet, Lord. We pray for her relationships, Lord, uh, that they would be strengthened and made whole and that you would just show yourself to her as she pursues you, even over the difficult and rocky terrain. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for this testimony that we are all encouraged by. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless the Lord. That's rich. It's easy when you hear things like that to worship God, is it not? Thank you, Jesus. That is so good. Thank you for sharing. Let's have that other testimony. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning. Um, a couple years ago, actually, Brother Bill Yacht and his wife was here, and I wanted to share this testimony because God is good. Yes, he is. Um, there was... Um, he was speaking of the Jordan River. We were to walk across the Jordan River, and as I remember correctly, I was so filled with the Spirit that my sister Jen had to help me across the Jordan River. Glory be to God. And I, we had to pick up rocks. We were, we were to, able to pick up rocks for other salvation. And I had picked up a rock for... Dave Hagenville, which is now my husband. <laughs> so, so, and that was stepping out in, in faith. Um, so glory be to God. So I, I feel within agreement with the Lord that we are to call out forth of the salvations of our loved ones. And um, so just any names that um, are released to you, just pray them up to the Lord. Um, and because I, I feel that the Lord's calling forth the salvation of his children. So all praise, honor, and glory be to the Lord. Thank you. Amen. So let's bow our heads and let's do that very thing. She wasn't picking up the rock for him to be her husband. She was picking it up for his salvation, for his entrance into the kingdom of God, for his, his belief to be released, that place that God's put inside of him to believe, the place that God's put... Uh, belief inside of each and every one. So there's someone you know Jesus. that needs that rock. There's someone you know that needs Christ Jesus in their life. So I just want to give you this time right now. We'll take the next 30 or 45 or 60 seconds and just begin to, to speak those names out. Speak those names out. Speak them just loud enough for your own ears to hear. Your neighbors, your co-workers, your doctor, your right. pharmacist, someone, your, your accountant. Whoosh. Your, your stockbroker, someone you know that needs Jesus, your brother, your cousin, your mother, your father, your child, even the prodigals that need to come home. Just call them out. Just as if we're picking up that rock like Misty did for Dave Hagenboom, claiming it by faith. Just call out the, the name that God might, you might come into agreement with the Heavenly Father who gave his only son. He gave his only son to die on a rugged cross to cover all our sins, that all might be forgiven, everyone and all their sin be forgiven by the blood shed by the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself. That blood still flows today, and it's going to cover the one you're naming. It covers the one you're naming. God, I bind all fear that we would stand in we can run into a place of fear because we haven't seen it happen in our time. And God, we bind and cast that fear back to where it came from. And we release your faith today, God. 
Renew and strengthen the faith of the, of the brethren here today, God, to believe for what they've not yet seen. Write it down, make it plain, and wait for it, for it will surely come, Habakkuk says. It will surely come. Only believe. Get your hit list back out, church. <laughs> Dust it off. Dust out that hit list and believe again. Dave Hagenboo was number two on my hit list, and I got to check him off at the PTL. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, but there's nine others on that hit list. Get your hit list back out, church, and believe for the, for the lost to come in. Believe for those who don't even know they need God to come in. Call them out daily, church. It's our voice in agreement with the Father. <laughs> That'll see the thing come to pass. Jesus. It's all because of you, Jesus. And it's all for you, Jesus. This day is for you. And we rejoice in this truth that we're about to sing. That it's not our work. It's not what we do. It's what you do, Father. It's what you do, Son. It's what you do, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, for your yoke is easy and your burden is light. <sighs> May we run in that light. Father, we thank you and we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to this place. I feel you rich and I feel you thick and I thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for wanting to fellowship with us. Thank you for wanting to inspire and encourage and convict and, and live and move and have your being. Come today. Come today in any way you choose. We will receive you. I thank you for the time that's ahead. May it impart what's needed in each and every heart, just as you know, Father. Just as you know, Son, just as you know, Holy Spirit, impart what you know is needed in this hour, in each heart, in each mind, that we might truly walk forth today, releasing your kingdom in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I've been asked not to sing. But I'm going to obey God anyhow. How many times it's, it's time to obey him? Amen. There's too many voices trying to tell us what to do. My sheep know my voice. And the voice of strangers, they better not follow. How many of you know when you feel like quitting, you're the closest to victory? I've learned that the hard way all the time. I keep learning it. The Israelites were so close to victory they, they told Moses, let's go back to Egypt. This Red Sea is not going to move. And they were just one step away when they wanted to turn back. Is there, there's somebody in this house today or listening, you feel like quitting and turning back, but you're so close to victory. One time many years ago, I wanted to just give up and everything, and, and the Lord said, well, listen, son, just take one more step, see what happens. Don't think about tomorrow. 
I just want you to take one more step right now. And I took a step, and my Red Sea split open. There's no, I just hear the Lord say, nobody's quitting in this house. Nobody's quitting online. Quitting's no option. You have the DNA of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We win every time. We win. This is a song God gave me 45 years ago. You didn't think I was that old. <laughs> 45 years ago, he gave me this song. It's always on time. When you can't go on, but you want to go through. It's time to take another step. Moses and God's people on the Red Sea shore. Pharaoh and his armies coming up the back door. Moses said to God, what are we going to do? We want to go on, but we'll never go through. God said, it's time to take another step. It's time to take another step. When you can't go on, but you want to go through. It's time to take another step. Yes, it's time to take another step. The Hebrew children thrown in the fire. King turned it up, made it seven times hotter. Stooping down, looking in to see the ashes of those three. He said, how many did we throw in? His servant said, you know, just three king. He said, we got trouble. I see four of them. And one looks like the sun. And I just heard him say to the next one, he said, it's time to take another step. Come on. It's time to take another step. Well, when you can't go on, but you want to go through, it's time to take another step. Yes, it's time to take another step. Come on, Shadrach. It's time to take another step. Come on, Shadrach. It's time to take another step. Well, when you can't go on, but you want to go through, it's time to take another step. Come on, Abednego. It's time to take another step. Peter and the disciples rocking that boat. Sometimes I think the storm is what kept it afloat. But all they knew how was to worry and row. I guess I would too if I saw a ghost. Peter said, Lord, if that's really you, bid me come out on that water too. Jesus said, come, but keep your eyes on me. Peter walked on God's word till he walked on the sea. And Jesus said, uh, take another step. It's time to take another step. Well, when you can't go on, but you want to go through, it's time to take another step. Yes, it's time to take another step. Come on, everybody, come on. It's time to take another step. Come on. It's time to take another step. Well, when you can't go on, but you want to go through, 
It's time to take another step. Yes, it's time to take another step. I just want to start out. I told my wife any anytime she feels like sharing anything, anytime you can interrupt me. I just want to mention I brought my books back there. I just want to mention Christine Vallis. You may have seen her online. She she writes his appointed times, the Hebrew Gregorian calendar. It's amazing. Every month our times are in God's hands. He knows every month we're living in what's going to come our way and how to overcome it. This month, it's very significant. It's, it's on hearing God. If there's ever a, a time that we need to hear God's voice, it's now. And this is it's on God's calendar. See, when it's on God's calendar, that means you get it. Because it's your time to hear him. And it's time to turn the news off. Fox News. I have to be careful. Uh, I'm not always under the anointing here. I turn it on long enough to realize it's a week old, whatever. But you have to know a little bit so you have to pray against darkness. Um, we're just glad to be anywhere. We survived <laughs> because we're overcomers. I just sense for this house and the body of Christ at large, God's doing something new and fresh. I believe God is re recommissioning us. We've been following Jesus, and that's been great. But now it's time to follow on to know him like we've never known him before. And this recommissioning call comes uh, in an unusual way I've learned in my life. If we could put that photo up. Uh, I want to show you what a recommissioning call looks like in the spirit realm. This is the airplane. They called it the miracle airplane years ago that miraculously landed in the Hudson River. They called the pilot a miracle man. How many know we have a miracle pilot? Amen. Jesus. Well, anyhow, uh, they took off the uh, birds. A flock of birds took a couple of the engines out. They had no time to land at any airport. The air traffic controller was talking to Pilot Solly, and uh, finally he said, well, where are you going to go? He said, we're going in the Hudson River. And he said the words nobody in the world wants to ever hear on an airplane. Brace for impact. We're going down. And the stewardess struggled to convince the passengers to get their head down as low as you can get it, even between your knees if you can do that. If that's not a praying position, this was a prophetic landing. Katie Couric interviewed the pilot later. She said, did you pray? 
He said, I didn't have time. I think the passengers took care of that. <laughs> I personally believe there was not one atheist on board. Amen. That's how God works with everybody. Anyhow, they landed miraculously. And they had the only place to get out quickly was to get out on those wings to wait for the rescue boats. And I, I just would love to hear the conversation of some of those passengers, wouldn't you? I believe the Lord let me hear on, get on, on that conversation in the spirit. I believe many of them, most of them, their conversation went like this. That's it for me. This is my last flight. But if they could have heard the voice of God at that moment, I mean, you need to hear him in the second of your trauma. You need to hear his voice. I believe his voice was saying to them, we're trying to get through to them. I'm with you still. I'm still with you. In fact, you're standing on my wings. That's where you are. You're actually on holy ground right at this moment when you feel like quitting. When you feel like never flying again or saying crazy stuff like I'll never love again. Because something awesome is about to happen in your life. I also have a gut feeling in the spirit. There was a different, a few of them were talking another language. Maybe it was tongues, I don't know. I believe a few of them were saying like this. With a pilot like that. With a pilot like that. I'll never be afraid to fly again any place with a pilot like that. The recommissioning call is coming. Here's what it is. God is looking for a, a few. In the midst of their trauma, discouragement, and disappointment, God's looking for a few who want to fly again. Who want to fly again. I'll tell you the truth in the spirit, there's another plane boarding right now for you. If you want to fly again. I'm being honest. <laughs> there's another plane boarding. I don't know about you, but I'm getting on board. I want to put me in the front row. I want the special attention. I'm getting on regardless because my pilot is Jesus. That's the only reason why I went on this plane, because he knows how to blend a plane any place. He acts like he's God. He really does. Don't miss this plane. Jesus is the pilot. It's a miracle we came through what we came through. But we're going on to know the Lord. 
We've known him, but we're going on to know him more. Like nobody else has ever known him. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. One thing to believe, another thing to know whom I have believed. Yeah, he usually comes to God's people down through history when all hell breaks loose. Not on a sunny day. When a major malfunction takes place on earth or in the body of Christ or in our own personal lives, God will test us to see how far you want to go with him. There's another plane boarding right now. Don't miss this airplane. Don't miss it for the world. With this recommissioning call, I hear this phrase coming to me. Go back to the drawing board. Go back to the drawing board. We're missing something. I don't know about you. There's something missing in most of our lives. Check out the blueprint one more time. Check out the blueprint of God's Word. In case we think we missed it, He won't let us if we check out the blueprint that He has for our lives and His plans. Recently, I, I got, did you ever get so fed up you wanted to talk to the Lord? <laughs> Maybe he's the one we need to talk to. I said, Lord, uh, I have a question. Like I'm in school. I'm 72. I'm still in school learning. I said, Lord, would you remind me of your strategic plan to save this world? Maybe I need reminded, because it's a mess. Amen. Son, first of all, you were born for the mess. You were born to be part of my answer to the world. But I'll tell you one more time, my strategic plan to save the world. Here's, listen carefully. Love God and love people. And don't mess that up. Don't mess that up. Those words gripped me when he said, don't mess that up. I don't know about you all, but I've messed it up, loving people. So I started to reason with him. I said, well, Lord, you must mean we in the body of Christ should love each other more and more so the world will know we're Christians by our love. He said, well, not quite. Well, I guess you want us just to love everybody, period. He said, you're getting close. I knew he was digging for something, but I probably didn't want to hear. Sometimes when God speaks, we don't hear him because we don't want to hear him. I'm going to say that again. We don't hear him because we don't want to hear him. It's quiet in this house. It's quiet online, too. I don't hear anybody shouting out there. Well, 
Lord, you wouldn't mean, Jesus, you wouldn't mean for us to love our government officials. The Democratic and Republican Party. He said, you are red hot. You are red hot. I said, Lord, don't you watch the news. He said, I am the news. Before the news, I am that I am. Okay, give me a good reason. You can reason with God, but he wins. He said, number one, because I love them. Number two, because they were on the cross when I died, right beside you. They were right beside you on my cross. For God so loved the world, one died for all. Don't mess that up. And unless you keep loving even your enemies and forgiving them, the same spirit that's in your enemy will get inside of you and will take you out of this world physically, spiritually, mentally. It's for your own protection that I tell you to love your enemies, to love the government officials, because there's such a bitter spirit in the body of Christ right now. They want to pray the Democrats out, but they're not praying the Democrats into my kingdom. I feel something in this house this morning. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I, I have to wear a spiritual bulletproof vest for this message. I'll be honest with you. I didn't want to give it. I didn't want to hear it. Every time I turn on the news, I said, Lord, this couldn't be true. He said, well, I am the news. Keep going. He said, I don't see Democratic or Republican Party. You know what he sees? Lost men and women. He said, I never came to destroy people. I came to destroy the works of the devil so I could save everybody on earth. Amen. Don't mess that up. Don't mess my plan up. Or it'll take you out. I won't take you out. The bitter spirit will. I've seen it happen in people. Love the lost. Hate their sin. We've forgotten that. Love the lost, hate their sin. I love it. I, I may have been watching the Chosen movies here. It's putting a fire in us. I'm seeing things I never saw before. Jesus calls Matthew. In those days, you know, when they were, Jesus called disciples, the Romans were boiling Christians. 
It costs something to follow Jesus. When they followed him, they, they knew this is it. That's a one-way ticket. I don't know if we be, need to be reminded, maybe, all but one disciple that followed Jesus became a martyr. I think we've forgotten the cost. That's why we quit easily. We quit too easily. But here comes Jesus. It says in Matthew, Matthew's writing about himself being called. Jesus calls Matthew. here's Here's what he hears from Jesus saying. And Jesus passed on from there. He saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. He said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. Here, here's the key. Here's what Matthew feels when Jesus comes. Jesus saw a man named Matthew. He didn't see a tax collector bleeding people from their money. He didn't see, a, he didn't see Matthew as part of the Roman Empire working for them. He sees a man, period. You know what our problem is? We see men as trees walking, and we miss it with people that God created in his image. We miss it. Oh, and one of his disciples close to Jesus, when, when, he, when they all saw Jesus call Matthew, because they knew what Matthew was like, they probably spit on him. One disciple said, Lord, he's different. He's different than us. Jesus said, get used to different. Get used to the different way I see people that you don't, and I love people you don't. Just get over it and get used to it. I hope I'm preaching in love. I don't know. Sometimes I can't tell. I just, I hope this is love. Maybe it's tough love. I don't know. Get used to different. When God interrupts your prayer life, have you ever had God interrupt your prayer life? I was praying in the Spirit going to a meeting because I didn't know what to share at the meeting. I just prayed in tongues. I think we need to pray more in the Spirit. Because more and more we don't know how to pray. We miss it. You pray in the Spirit, God's praying through you. And it's good to know, it's good for us to know what He's, it's good for us not to know what He's praying sometimes, or we wouldn't let Him pray. Isn't that interesting? I don't even know what I said, it sounded good. I don't even know what I said, I can't remember. I was praying it in tongues, and it sounded like Chinese language. It sounded like China. I said, Lord. This is different from me. I, I feel like this is Chinese language. What's going on? He said, you're praying for China. I said, what? You mean China that's on the news? It's got all that trouble. He said, yeah, I love China. My goodness. God is love. He said, China must be saved. It must be. He said, son, you've stumbled onto my most wanted list. 
You stumbled onto my most wanted list and didn't know it. And God gave me several names that's on his most wanted list right now. And if I said certain names, there would be a riot in churches across this nation because they wouldn't agree with him. But we used to be on his most wanted list. Never forget that. Or you'll forget loving people. I feel something in my bones this morning. Please forgive me. I don't know what I'm doing right now. Just something in my bones. I've, I don't know whether it's that a fire or what. Just I never wanted this message. I never wanted this one. Yeah, after I put this little blurb on Facebook, just praying for China, and God said he loved China, the next, very next day, uh, I saw on the news, the very next day, China passed a policy that they're now, now allowed to, instead of two kids, they're allowed to have three. Then a week later, they're now, now allowed to have a whole family because the population is so decreasing. I believe God is up to something in China. The places you don't want to pray for, God's moving anyhow. Because he's God and we're not. He said, I'm going to pour about this stuff up, my spirit upon all flesh. You know what all flesh is? It's all, anybody has flesh. Your enemy is not flesh and blood. It's the devil himself. You may as well get over, get, understand that and just pray in love for everybody. I'm meeting people that don't even pray for the government. Amazing. I'll get on to that in a minute. I couldn't wait to say that. Here's Jude one twenty, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Oh, we need to build ourselves up. If we're going to touch anybody, we need to build ourselves up first. And here, here's, here's a, a powerful part of that verse. It says, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. When we pray in, in the Spirit, we're keeping ourselves in, in the love of God. And that means in God's love for us, not us trying to love him. We, we, we fail. But when we pray and build ourselves up, it's actually we're keeping ourselves in God's love for us. I don't know about you. God loves me more than I think he should. A whole lot more. Then he spoke. Unless you and my people pray for who I want to intervene in their lives for and deliver them from the evil one, your anger and bitterness against them will come upon you, and you will be destroyed by the same spirit that controls them. Your wrong spirit and lack of a right spirit will take you down, for you don't know what spirit you're of. Disciples found a group that didn't agree with them. He said, Lord, do you want us to call fire down? 
paraphrase, here's what I believe Jesus said. No, don't call fire down. It'll burn you up. Because none of us are perfect. We're in process. That's why I'm convinced we shouldn't. I know we judge fruit of people's lives. But we, we have to be careful. We're all in process. I've learned not to judge people. I believe when we face him one day, face to face, I got a gut feeling. We wish, we've could, we, wish we could have loved people more. I know there's no regrets there, but if there is, that's the one I'll have. I could have loved more and judged less. Maybe that's why I was judged so hard myself in the past, because I judged first. Yeah, a while back when everything was going haywire, is that a word in West Virginia? Haywire. It's in Pennsylvania. It's not too far away. Born and raised there. Uh, I said, Lord, where, where are you? I didn't see him doing much. He said, I'm in my Oval Office. I'm in my Oval Office. And you're going to be okay. Just come up higher. Just come up higher. He says, by the way, I'm very busy up here. People down there don't realize. I'm very busy signing, de signing declarations to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Very busy doing that. Just come up higher. And little by little, I've been learning how to go up instead of down. Because he's already seated us together in heavenly places. We just don't realize it. Amen. If we're in Christ Jesus, that's how high we are. Looking down on problems, not up. Here's what helped me get up higher. Next to his oval office where the presence of God just radiates. I just keep remembering how much God loves me, period, when I don't deserve it. I don't know about you, I love the old hymn that says, when nothing else could help, it was love that lifted me. And it keeps lifting me higher and it'll put you on top of the world. And I've learned something else. It's like I found the elevator to go to the top floor. You know what it was? You want, you, I can't even talk. Why is that? Do you, do you want to know what the elevator is? You can get on this elevator. It'll take you to the top floor. Do you want to know what the elevator is? Elevator is. I'm speaking in spirit, maybe. It's loving people unconditionally that will take you to the top floor of the Oval Office of God. The top floor. It'll take you there.
But if you put conditions on people, well, I'll love your son or daughter if you come to church. There's no elevator. It won't lift them one bit. That string's attached. God wants to love us unconditionally because that's the way he does us. You just love them, period, unconditionally. You know what will happen? The Holy Ghost will come on them then because they're free from you. And he'll start working on them. Your job is just to love them just as they are. Just as God loves us. And I'm learning up, up there. When I'm up there, I can see what God sees. I can hear what God's saying. I can see people from his perspective. And he often says to us, don't touch that person. I'm not through working on them. I'm not through writing their story. Sometimes it's the ones we don't think God's moving on. When God's through writing their story, they're a bestseller. God makes a movie out of them. <laughs> you have to be careful not to get jealous. I believe God is up to restoring honor and respect to families where the devil's hitting hard, to the nation, to the body of Christ, all of us. God wants honor and respect back in to the earth. I've been to cities traveling. I've seen whole cities dying of a lack of honor. They die when they don't have honor. That's what happens to us. Having honor is having respect. Just having respect for people is ministry. Even though we don't think they, need, they deserve it. Who does? Authority, God's moving in the authority of nations. And he wants to open our eyes to it. Romans 13.1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. I'll get the Bible, make sure. Oh, here it is. I want to read it out of here. How many of you have read, ever read the Bible and you certain verses you you wish you weren't you you wish it wasn't in there, huh? Why'd you put that in there? I was doing great till you told me this. Why you put that in there? Okay, it's in the book of Timothy. I just saw this light up to me yesterday morning. It, it just keeps like God's word keeps alive. It like gets more alive when you're desperate. First of all, I saw the word first 
highlighted. I never saw it before yesterday. He says, first. It sounds like it's, a, it's the first thing we need to do or something. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessors, and thanksgivings. Thanksgiving? Are you sure? Thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, no matter what we think. God thinks this is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Wow. He sure sees things different. What highlights to me is that we may lead a peaceable, peaceful and quiet life. You know what? I'm convinced. Reason why the body of Christ is lacking peace this hour, they're not doing what God's calling us to do about the authority of our nation, of our churches, or in our families. We're missing it big time. We wonder, I don't have any peace. Well, we better read the word and do what God thinks gives us peace. I think that's a missing puzzle. I've met Christians. I don't know how to say this. I don't even want to say it. Oh, I don't pray for the government. Election was stolen. He's not my president. What does this say? Oh, authority. The heart of the king is in his hands. He raises up one and puts down another. He didn't say we do it. We pray. And if it's our enemy is not flesh and blood, so why are we worried about people in high places? We need to bind the enemy who's controlling them to do this evil stuff. Love the lost, hate the evil, pray against the enemy. That's the real enemy of our nation. It's not people in government. so quiet in here. Is it normal like this? Is this normal? I'm not sure what normal is anymore. I want to touch on somebody. I want to look at the man, the only man on earth that the Lord called a man after his own heart. I believe a man after God's own heart would give us some revelation on authority. Well, here's David. Kills Goliath, then times get rough. Oh, by the way, after, after Jesus calls you, uh, how many of you realize it was nice for a season, times got rough? <laughs> I thought some people, maybe, I, maybe, maybe the devil told me this. It's going to be a rose garden. I don't know. He was a liar. Rose garden. I think it was a garden full of thorns. And roses bloom now and then, but not all the time. But during Rome, they boiled Christians. 
in hot oil. Let me just throw something out. I can't prove it's scriptural. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will let us read through the lines of verses. I think he does. John the Beloved. He was called John the Beloved. Because what he taught in the book of John, all about love, all that came out of him, oozed out. If you, do, if you can't love people, you don't know God. John the Beloved. The only one at the cross was John the Beloved. So, beloved, Jesus says to John, take care of mom when I get out of here. Boy, that's love. That is love. Well, tradition holds, and I can't prove this. It's just written in history. Romans boiled John the Beloved in hot oil and he did not die. Amen. They claimed he preached while he was being boiled alive in hot oil. He just kept preaching. Here's my gut feeling. When we have God's love in us, and we don't have any bitterness against any enemy, it's a miracle. It's our protection. When God says, love your enemy, it's for your sake. See, when you pray for your enemy, it keeps your enemy from getting inside of you and becoming like them. It's your protection. And they could not kill him. They tried to poison him after that. He ends up on the Isle of Patmos, outlived the rest of the disciples, better health, outlived them. Because love was his protection. That's what I believe. I've had my first run-in with authority when I was about eight years old. Believe it or not, I know you think I was an angel my whole life. Not quite. Eight years old, was right with my mom and dad. I was eight years old. I said, listen. I didn't tell him this at first, but this isn't working out. I'm eight years old. I know you're my parents. This is not going to work. I just don't agree with all this. Rules. I said, I'm leaving. I meant it. I'm leaving. I'm running away. My mother, godly woman, she's in Jesus, with Jesus now. She said, well, Bill, wait a minute. I thought she was going to talk me out of it. She said, wait a minute, I'll help you pack. <laughs> that got me more upset. I said, I'm never coming back now. I'm never coming back. Well, we lived in the country. We lived in the hollow. Down the hollow road was a dirt road till we hit the good road. And I started walking down that road. This is it. And a terrible thing happened. I forgot to pack a sandwich. And the longer I walked, the hungrier I got. That was my first run in. And beyond, above all my past judgments of my mom and dad, God still moved 
And it was my mother who prophesied me into full-time ministry when I was about five, looking back on it. So God is always up to something good. He will use authority in our life for our good. May not always feel good. In my own church, Susan knows this. I've been there in the same church in Hagerstown 43 years now. 43 years. I know you don't believe this. It's a record, I think. I'm, I don't, I'm not against people leaving churches and planting churches, and, but be careful how you leave a church or you enter the next place the same way you leave the last. And you won't grow. 43 years there, and you know... I'm there old enough now, many years. Our son-in-law is now our chief pastor. <laughs> He's 37. I'm 72. I get to submit to him. Pray for me. <laughs> no, we get along fine. You know, you know uh, through the years, it's just a normal thing. Pastor Terry King used to be our pastor many years, and he trusts me, and when I have a word during worship, he trusts me to come down and to tell him briefly what it is. He gives him the microphone. Well, during this period of time when my daughter and her husband was being raised up as next pastors, they would sit down front too, not where Terry and his wife was, but over there. And so I, this is during the break-in period, and I come down, and I went to pass my son-in-law, Justin, to get the mic off of the other pastor. Justin says, what do you got? I got the mic. And I knew there was a shift in our authority in our house. So I asked him, and he, he did let me share the word. But later on, there was a time that I went down to tell him what I was hearing, and he said, I don't think that fits. Go back and sit down. He didn't say it that way, but I took it that way. <laughs> So he didn't call on me. But you know what I'm learning? We're all growing. Iron sharpens iron. You have to be patient with one another. And I told him after the first, first sermon he preached at our church, I said after the sermon, I said, Justin, I want to make things clear in this house. When I'm in this house, I'm not your father-in-law. I'm just another member under your authority, period. That cleared the air. When I'm in this house, I'm just another member. Now, when I'm outside the house, it's another story. <laughs> I can't go into detail, but we just have a great relationship. You can ask my wife. Great relationship. I'm, I'm learning so much of him I've never heard, learned in the past. He's a teaching gift. And I'm remembering, I'm learning something through him, even about the prophetic you know, I don't know about you all, but I've had I've even had prophecies or dreams uh, in my life given to me, even the Lord speaking to me personally. But you know, a lot of my prophecies, I still haven't seen them come to pass. Amen. To be honest, we've all had a lot that hasn't seen. We haven't seen them manifested yet. And I want to tell you a secret. I believe this hour, God is joining the prophetic gift and the teaching gift together to get us across Jordan to into the promised land. And the reason why, the reason why the teaching gift's not been very good to us, because we're not very teachable. 
I'm going to say it again anyhow because I felt something coming back. The reason why we're not willing to be taught and go into the prophecies God's given us. I have so many prophecies I have to live forever, to be honest with you. But the reason why I don't see most of them come to pass because we lack the teaching gift. We have it in the body of Christ, but we don't like what we're taught because we're not teachable. I feel something in this place, I'm telling you. I never saw it before till recently. You can't live on prophetic words. Amen. You'll die full of prophetic words if you're not willing to be taught and learn step by step, line upon line, precept upon precept, how to cross over into that place where the prophecies manifested. Amen. Oh, yes. I'm going to say amen myself. Amen. That's good preaching, Bill. Keep going. Sometimes I just encourage myself in the Lord. I just try. I just do it. Oh, Jesus, I feel something. Okay, David, I forgot about David. We bring it back to him. David has a man's own heart. He's next to be in line to be king of Israel, but Saul is king. Saul gets so jealous, he tries to kill David. David runs from Saul for 13 long years before he becomes king. He hides in caves. caves. I said, Lord, if David was destined to be king for Israel, why was he running? Here's what God said. Son, he wasn't he wasn't really running from Saul. He was running towards the throne. God sees us different, even when we think we're running the opposite way. Thirteen long years. Finally, he sees Saul in one of the caves they're in with his soldiers. And he takes his sword and cuts part of the border of his garment of Saul off. And his soldiers around him said, this is your chance, David. Take him out because he's been trying to kill you. This is your chance. David said something very unusual. I can't touch God's anointed. I can't touch him. The mantles, God had the soul, mantle ripped off of Saul. And that's David's heart toward his enemy. If he would have touched him, took him out, he would disqualify himself from being the next king. Listen carefully. When God has a high place in his kingdom to use to influence the world, you will honor people nobody else will. You will honor people nobody else will. I've heard people say, I don't even pray for this person in government anymore. God showed me their heart is too far gone to be saved. Guess who wrote Timothy about the authority I just read? Apostle Paul. Used to be a terrorist and had Christians murdered. He wrote that. Listen, I think he was saying, listen, people. If God saved me, he can save anybody. Keep praying. Who are you to judge? 
hearts when God only sees them. We have to be careful. I don't care how wicked people get. We have to be careful to limit God's love for anyone. And here David finally hears, years later, the news Saul is killed on the battlefield. Saul is killed in battle. David weeps. David is found weeping for King Saul who tried to kill him all those years. Weeping, how could he weep now? Here's what I feel. There's 13 years he decided, maybe I better pray for him anyhow. And the more he prayed, the more God's love through David began to flow and understand King Saul, the way he acted and lived. God gave him understanding and compassion to even love his worst enemy. In fact, if you really want to know who's on God's most wanted list, make a list yourself of the people you don't want to pray for. Make sure your worst enemy's on it. You'll find out who's on there. And if we're not careful with our attitude, we might find ourselves back up on it. If we're not careful. And the messenger who brings David the news, he, th he thinks he's, David's going to jump up and down rejoicing. The messenger comes. David said, listen, who do you think you are bringing me the news that the anointed of Israel has fallen in battle? And he has that man executed for bringing that kind of news. Because David mourns for Saul for a long time. That's God's love flowing through a man that's chosen to be the king of Israel. That's what it looks like. You know, in the Old Testament, the wicked kings even had dreams and visions, didn't they? And somehow, through their dream and vision of not understanding it, somehow they, they looked for somebody that could interpret it. And it usually was a, God, a man of God or a woman of God. I got to thinking this today because God works the same. I wonder if God would give our present president a dream or vision. And give, and in the dream, he would put maybe your name or my name on it in the dream. And they would say, hey, go get this man, Bill Yunt, or 
so-and-so. It was in my dream. Go get it. I want to talk to you. Here's my gut feeling. If you're not praying for the president now, you won't be in his dream. Because if you'd walk into his presence, you'd have nothing to give. You wouldn't have a bit of the love of God to encourage that man. But if you were praying for him, God would probably make a way for you to enter his Oval Office because you're burdened enough to pray for him and get God's wisdom. See, everybody has a story. That's what makes all of us who we are, at least without God. So you never know. Keep praying for people you don't want to pray for. They may be calling on you. Wouldn't that be something? They may be calling on you. I called a brother, pastor I haven't talked to in many years, felt led to call him. And I said, I think it was the state of Washington, uh, one of the really evil states taking place out there, Oregon or Washington. I said, well, what's God saying out there? Because I wanted to, I was trying to find confirmation of this crazy message I had about love God, love people, don't mess it up. I didn't say a word to him about it. I said, what's God speaking to you and all out there? We're learning to love people. All that way out there. You've heard of What's his name? Jones? Bob Jones. You've heard this story. Just hear it again like you never heard it. He went to heaven. Well-known prophetic grandfather, I think. He went to heaven and saw the Lord, and he thought, sure, God was going to comment on his resume (laughs) or what he did on earth. God looks at him and just Ask them one question. Did you learn how to love? Did you learn how to love? God sent him back. Sent him back down to earth. Years later, God takes him on Valentine's Day. On that day of love. He must have learned. (laughs) Listen, I think we're all still here because we're all still learning how to love. I feel something. I don't know what this is. It's not the air conditioning. It's something else. It's inside of me. It's in my bones. I feel it deep. Something about love. Well, yeah, he said, yeah, my church, some of my church members don't even like me for doing some stuff now, learning how to love. I go to Black Lives Matter gatherings just to hang out, to see who I can love on and care about. And I went this one time, and I stood about this one guy. I didn't know he was one of the leaders. 
I just asked him, I felt led, can I say a prayer for you? He said, yeah. He said, I started praying, and the man's eyes became wet. They became wet. Found out later he was one of the leaders. He called him back later. He said, listen, can you come to our church? Tell us your story. We want to learn. We want to understand people that's got problems, even with us. He came and told his story to the church. The church started weeping. They started being bonded together. He said several, several of these, uh, several people at these gatherings are starting to come to the church and just tell their story. He said, we started to understand the leader because he's, the leader told us generations ago, a white man hung one of his relatives and it ran down through the family tree through generations. Listen, everybody has a story, good or bad. We need to hear them out. Misunderstanding is the greatest weapon the enemy uses in the body of Christ. We just don't understand one another. And you know what? We run from each other because we think we're, we're evil or they're evil. We need to stop and listen. Misunderstanding ruins more marriages, more relationships, more churches than anything else on earth. It's misunderstanding. It's called the fire of misunderstanding. Ruins everything. Before you leave a church, talk to the pastor. See, here's about authority. I, I, don't, hear, I don't hear this teaching much anywhere. Here's what I've learned. Here's why I've been in the same church 42 years. It's my little secret. When you're under authority and pray for them, and you think they're wrong and you're right, we just continue to pray in the right spirit. And I don't hear this taught much, but if they're wrong, God deals with them. But most of us don't wait around to see who was right. We just run. Pick up our roots and go and we stop growing. Yeah, I've stayed long enough in my 42 years, 43. I've stayed long enough in our church to find out who was right. But listen, I'll be honest with you. I found out the authority over me when I thought they were wrong. They were mostly right. Because I stuck it out to find out. In the meantime, God used all the stuff I didn't like to help me grow. It, be, it was like manure. It's fertilizer. That's what that is. It's fertilizer. God uses even that stuff. And I see, I see in some of your tops of your head, I don't know how to say this, God's pouring miracle grow on a lot of you here. Miracle grow. He's pouring a whole lot of fertilizer around you. It's that stuff. I can't say it. It's that stuff. Some of you are really going to grow a whole lot. If you don't run. Sometimes you just have to stick it out. There is a scripture that says, they that endure to the end. Sounds like there's joy in the journey, but sometimes you just have to endure some things till the joy kicks in. There's one scripture, and I'm going to close eventually. My weakness, tying the knots and pulling the nets. That's my weakness. I'm still expecting to catch a whale somewhere. 
podcast. <laughs> but listen, uh, what was I going to say? Maybe I wasn't supposed to. Thank you, Lord. Well, maybe I wasn't supposed to say it. What was I talking about? Remind me. Larry, can you remind me? Praying for our leaders. Praying for our leaders. Loving yeah, loving others. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, yeah, it's, we just have to continue. Okay, here it is. It's a miracle. Well, I do have the mind of Christ. There's one scripture I want to tell you. I wish it was never in the Bible. I couldn't figure it out all these years till recently. Count it all joy. When you fall into many trials and temptations, I can never get a handle on it. Why it was in there, I never liked to read it. Who, was, who wants to read that? Who can do it? Well, years ago now, my wife and I were both struck physically in our bodies the same week. Never happened like that. It was serious things in our bodies twice the same week. I got to thinking, twice the same week? The devil's not that big. I said, Lord, what are you up to? Sometimes God's up to something when we think it's the devil. So anyhow, we got praying seriously first, you know, of all and I come across this scripture during the time of crisis that's when revelation comes when you're in trouble because you're looking up count it all joy when you fall into many trials and temptations the light came on I said to my wife it's time to celebrate it's time to celebrate. Instead of fasting and weeping and mourning, we're going to celebrate. The Bible says this, count it all joy. We may as well have joy the whole way through the stuff than wait till the end and thank God. We may as well have joy in the journey. That joy of the Lord's our strength through the trial. We're going to have to celebrate. We went out to this, our favorite cafe. Uh, I should have royalties coming in on this. I tell everybody. It's in Greencastle, Pennsylvania, uh, pure and simple cafe. It's organic. We'll probably live longer doing that. We went there and we just ate and ate. And I kept eating. And we got joy unspeakable and full of glory. And God brought us through without getting depressed. Thank you, Jesus. I'm convinced we don't have to get depressed Amen. if we realize we can have joy from the beginning that takes us all through the mess. That's the victory. Joy drives the devil crazy. It drives him crazy. He's saying to his demons, don't let them have joy. It depresses me when they have joy.
I think we just got hit with joy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Joy, joy, joy in my heart is ringing. Joy, 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 Jesus keeps me singing, singing of his mighty love for me, telling how he died to set me free, filling all my life with melody, bringing joy, joy, joy. Help me with that. Joy, 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 in my heart is ringing. Joy, 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 Jesus sets me singing, singing of his mighty love for me, telling how he died to set me free, filling all my life with melody, bringing joy, joy, joy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We're on top of the world, seated in heavenly places. Thank you, Lord, that we're in your Oval Office and didn't know it. We're already in. You put us in there. We love you today. God, I ask that you just pour out a fresh love on, on us that we'll, we'll be, realize how much you love us, period. Not because we're good or bad. It's your love. It's not that we loved you. It's not that we chose you. You loved us first. You started it. You're going to finish loving us forever. And you're the one that chose us. We never chose you, Lord. But you're recommissioning us today to follow on regardless because there is joy unspeakable to get on that next plane with wings of joy. We thank you for that today, Lord. Thank you for that today. Hallelujah. 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 The sister that was giving uh, your testimony up here, I, Lisa, I, I really sense strongly you have a gift of teaching. I could listen to you all day. I really could. You, it's not, you, you shared, but it was not normal sharing. There was a strong anointing on you teaching us. We, we learned, we received a lot from your testimony. I want to encourage you, you have a strong gift of teaching. Then you're going to grow in teaching. You're, go, you're going to go into preaching. It's, it's in your heart. Yeah, it's, it's growing. Uh, you just started. You were teaching up there, but you're going to find yourself just starting to preach. There's something in you that's ready to explode. 
There's a preaching bomb ready to go off. It's already lit. It's just a matter of time. You're just going to you're going to be find yourself up here, even even in the marketplace, even I believe in Walmart, supermarket, someplace. You're just going to be start sharing with people, and the Holy Ghost is come, going to come into Walmart. God, God, God even loves Walmart people. I don't like to go into places too busy, but God does. But it's just going to start coming out of you just naturally. and You're just going to have words of knowledge and wisdom for people. And they're going to understand. They're going to say, how do you know that about me? People's going to be drawn to you too because they're going to feel safe around you. And they're going to come. They don't know they're being drawn to you. But they're coming from a word. They're coming to get a word from God out of you and don't know it. Until it's too late, they already get it. You're teaching them it's going to be advanced to preaching, then you're going to, I didn't, oh my goodness, you're going into prophetic, you're going into, the prophetic gift's going to start operating you. You're going to know things nobody else knows about certain people. You're going to know things about people they don't even know themselves. You're going to prophesy their future. You're going to see clearly God's anointing your ears and eyes even this morning. Your troubles have come to bless you. Because it's taken you closer to Jesus. Count it all joy. What you've been through, just count it all joy. And keep putting God first. And what's not of God will just fall away. What's of God, he'll just bring what you need in your life. Let God fly the plane. Just stay close to the pilot, Jesus. Everything's going to be all right. Hey, you know what? I, I want to just say this, and then we're. There was a young man back there setting. Had a, who was that? They, one, of my one of your students. He had a funny shirt on, like a name or something. I had a word for him. I don't know where he went. Can he come back up quickly? I had a word for him. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're recommissioning us individually, corporately in this house. Recommissioning. You're recalling us. You're, you're just fixing things, making things right. You're making crooked things straight, cutting asunder bars of iron. You're breaking pieces of gates of brass, opening two-leaf gates to the nations in this house. I know a little bit about, you know, you were sharing earlier, you're, you're, you're going places. I hear the Lord say that. You're going places. Places you don't know yet. If you knew, you wouldn't board the new plane. <laughs> but on the other hand, I think you're crazy enough that you would anyhow. Huh? I know Susan a little bit too too much. I, I, I can't prophesy over here because I knew too much of the natural, but uh, I don't know how to say this in love. She's crazy. You'll find that out. And you know what? I was going to say this to my wife. We're married 44 years. I always have to check. Is, how much? I'm poor in math. What is 
43. Yeah, I was close. But you know what? My wife still tells me at times, we are so different. She still says that. And when she says that, I say, amen, amen. When I go to the Lord about, here's what God says about our difference. He says, son, your differences is where the power is. Your differences is where the power is. Your differences is where the power of God will come and rest upon your life. Don't be afraid to be different because God made you different. That's, if you weren't different, you wouldn't be getting married. But your differences will be where the power of God lies. I sense that strongly. Is he here or did he run? Okay, I'm going to give it to him anyhow. There's no distance with God. I've never done this before. There's no, I just thought of this. God's um, pursuing him. Anyhow, here, here's what I saw, I, that young man. I saw him, he has, he's, in for a, he's in for a wild ride with Jesus. Very wild. I don't know what his makeup is, his nature, temperament. I see him in the spirit. He is wild. He's like a, a professional champion rodeo bull rider. He's going to ride spiritual rodeo bulls in the spirit realm. He's going to become well-known. He's going to become a champion of influence to many people, young and older. I hear the word, I hear the word famous. I know we don't like to think that about people. They might get away from God, but no, God's going to keep him humble enough that he'll be famous, humbling. He'll have a humble, famous nature. First, he may seem like a rodeo bull, but then God's going to grow him up to ride one in the spirit realm. He's got a a, a nature and anointing to even uh, ride broncos and breaks break many. Wild broncos, he will break them in and tame them down. I see him uh, breaking in wild horses. Wild horses. He's going to get on them and they're, uh, it looks like he's going to get killed on one of those things, but he's actually going to use, God's going to use him to break broncos and tame them. And then he's going to do those, he's got an anointing to do that in people's lives. He's going to be around some rough characters. I don't care. I don't know who the parents are of that young man. They're going to worry about him because he's, he, he's getting too close to the edge of darkness. But God's going to use him at the close to the edge of darkness to, to deliver many young men and even older people. God's just going to use him to take the prey out of the devil's jaws. That's that boy. That's that boy. That's my boy, God's saying. That's my boy. That's my son. This is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. Mark that down. You can mark it down. And pray for him. When God has a strong prophetic word for a person, it's time to pray for that person. That's just the way it is. Jesus said to his own son, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. 
40 days in the wilderness, the devil came, tried to take him out. This is my beloved son. Pray for that son of God. He's a special son. God's eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I love that, to remember that message with the stone. I just hear the Lord saying, there's many more stones of salvation coming through your life, through your husband. Many more salvations coming. Many more deliverances. Many more healings coming. Because you've stood for one person. God said, I can trust you to stand for multitudes that are hanging in the balance. They will come through the burden of the heart God's given you for the lost. They will come. They will come. I just see multitudes coming, running to the kingdom because what's inside of you. Your shadow will touch people. Your shadow, without a word, sometimes just walking past people, walking in stores, walking in wherever, just your shadow is so powerful with it, God's anointing. They'll be touched and not even talked to or mentioned or just even with you not saying a word. Their lives will be touched and changed for eternity because of what's in you. You will deliver many at the crossroads of Jericho. Even at their moment of death, you will minister and they will be saved for eternity. For eternity. In a twinkling of an eye, God will use you at the right time, at the right place, with the right person. You'll see it. You'll live to see that. You will. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just one more. I just sense one more of the Holy Spirit highlighting this sister back here. Uh, I just sense there's a lot in you. Uh, you may not be aware of it, but, but I just sense the Lord is, is, is going to begin to nudge you uh, and show you He's going to be more real to you. Uh, he's just, his presence is going to be manifest in your life. And I, and I just sense uh, he's, he's canceling some words that's been spoken over you, I believe. He's canceling. He's in the canceling business of canceling words that's been spoken maybe over you in the past or way back when you were young. And God says... Uh, He's going to start speaking personally to you. He's speaking life. He's beginning to speak life back into you. He's going to give you people in your life that you can trust, that they're going to speak life into you. And God's going to, be, in the meantime, it's two ways. You're, God's given you another uh, language in the Spirit that you're going to be speaking life to yourself, life to other people. You're going to, God's going to use what you've been through. I don't know what you've been through, but you're through with it. 
God's through with what you've been through. God says, there's a new path I'm taking you on. It's, you, you, the devil said, this is the end. No, that was just a bend in the road. I'm taking you on to know me. I'm t I have a new path laid out for you, uh, a new path. And you're, God's going to use everything the devil came against you with. He's going to turn around and use it to help you minister to other people. Nothing is being, being wasted in the hands of our Redeemer in your life. He's redeeming things now. He's, he's redeeming the old and making it brand new. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. There's a newness coming upon your life, and he has great plans for you. Great plans. Great plans. And he's well pleased with you. You're, I hear the Lord saying, you're my beloved daughter whom I'm well pleased. He's, he is crazy. His love is crazy about you. He just can't. When he thinks of you, his heart monitor skips a beat or something like that when he thinks of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's say the title of this message. I don't know if it changed or not. <laughs> but let's say that. I think it's the title again. Father in Jesus' name. I choose to love you and love people. Don't let me mess that up. Thank you, Father. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. Sharing Life Ministries is located at the Life Center, 48 West 2nd Avenue, Ridgely, West Virginia. Or follow us on Facebook.